0: Warning. This episode contains sensitive and vulnerable content that may not be suitable for all audience members, especially children. Please listen at your own discretion. Thank you so much and we hope you enjoy this episode of Inside the Universe. Welcome. You are about to enter the Universe. In five Transport complete.
1: inside a mystical, magical portal between worlds.
2: What if I was to cultivate an expectation that what I desire to experience is actually going to be there?
1: Where playful curiosity leads the way and beyond.
2: Let's just bring that intention into a space of divine connection and see what happens with it.
1: You won't believe the ahas that come up in every single conversation.
2: Fall in love with the journey to falling in love with yourself.
1: I can't wait to explore this enchanting space
2: with you gratitude as an activity is a cheat code for reality a
1: cheat code okay tell us inside the Wooniverse, a podcast coming to you from the corner of fringe and Main. Hi there, and welcome to Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. I'm your host, Colette Baron reed and joining us today is Dan Mangena. He's a well-known personal development thought leader, broadcaster, best-selling author, and coach. I love this man. He's awesome. I was so excited. He's super busy that he made time to come on the podcast. He's best known for his highly successful Micro to Millions program, authoring the book Stepping Beyond Intention, and for his To It With Dan and Beyond Success podcast. Dan is completely self-made and has spent decades perfecting his world-class coaching methodology. Welcome to the Wooniverse, Dan.
2: I am happy to be here in the woody verse with you call it i love you yes i do did that rhyme i think it rhymed it That's, was meant to rhyme
1: that was good oh my god that was awesome well if you ever if you ever decide not to be a coach you can also go on
2: broadway i'll work on it I'll work oh on
1: my it. gosh So let's talk about you like as much as we can. So I want to go back. I love talking to people about when they were little kids. So I want to go back because, you know, you have a whole journey um, that began, you know, with your family, et cetera. So were you always interested in the power of intention and mindset? Like when you were little, what did you see about the world Mm -hmm. and how it worked?
2: I wanted to be an inventor. And I always knew I was going to be a millionaire. As I got more into my spiritual journey and started diving into that more, I started to put the pieces together, which I'll explain in a second. Yeah. But I was like always coming up with stories and I was always like creating things and had these ideas. Like I, I worked out how I'm going to do this to do that. So I was very creative, but also very autistic and didn't know. Oh. And so I was always very much in my idea. I wasn't diagnosed with Asperger's until I was 27. And so up until that time, I was I'm very heavy on the autistic spectrum. But I was sort of trying to force me feed myself to be in the mainstream world. And so I didn't really have friends. I didn't really have like social stuff. It was kind of like my cousins, my sister loved me. My younger sister Lou loved me. So they would, she would like let me hang out with her and her friends mm-hmm. or like people from my mum's church that kind of had to hang out with me because our mums knew each other. Like other than that, that was, that was kind of about it. And that sort of changed later in life. But yeah, I was very much in my head and very committed to this idea that I was going to be really, really, really successful. And that's something that was very, very vocal about. Um, I don't remember a time that I didn't just have this certainty that I was going to be successful, maybe an inventor as well, but definitely very successful. I think. So certainty is a big thing mm-hmm.
1: like i i think for you you just knew it yeah right so it's the certainty that was internal as opposed to certainty external because mm-hmm. if you were to look around your world the way you just described it there would nothing there was like well i don't know about that right so and that's one of the things that i love about how you teach too is that the idea of it's not about the external certainty it's about the internal and mm-hmm. the trust and that real surrender mm-hmm. to that because it's true it's like you are walking poster of child for for the inner world first, Mm -hmm. outer world second. Um, So, one of the things that I love about you and your work, um you know you know I'm, we're we're actually friends, and I've read all your books, et cetera. Um but you are deeply committed to helping people transform and and I admire that about you because you mean business. So where does the passion come from? You know, I, I would ask, what are the biggest transformations in your own life that really inspires you? because you've had a fascinating life.
2: So I like to think I've up until about two weeks ago, um I considered my life to be a trilogy. Ooh. Um I just had a very, very deep transformational medicine-based experience a couple of weeks ago, which I shared about in our what the WhatsApp group. Um so I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm in on the precipice of closing out book three and moving into book four now. But every single one of those mm. and for me the books and not even chapters because something, you know, pivotal happened. But book three has been this journey of sharing my experience with people, sharing my life with people, sharing what's come up for me with people. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't want to do that. A lot of people in my experience do the work that we do. They had like an emptiness. So I was in the corporate world and I felt really empty. And I I had this soul's calling to do something different. I was living my best life, Colette. Like I was literally living my best life. (laughs) Um, And I'd (laughs) I'd clawed up. So, you know, and we'll probably get to this, but, you know, I made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 23 ended up in a really, really deep, dark place of suicidal ideation.
1: Slow down here. Slow down. I think this is really, really juicy stuff. Just slow down. Okay, we'll get to book three. Let's go back. You're 23. Okay. People want to hear this. They want to hear your story. So let's go to that whole two million pound thing by the time you're 23 years old. So how
2: did that happen? So there's a, I, I was that kid that all of my teachers like, oh, this kid's going to be successful. He's going to be a millionaire. He's going to be successful. I mean, I taught myself to make computers when I was 13 years old, right? <gasps> wow. Um, when I was in high school, I had like a tuck shop at the high school. Like I was doing deals with local businesses to sell them computers like when I was 14. That, that's what I was doing. So like I, I managed to amass my first million by the age of 19 what yeah but i didn't have the right licenses for the company and so the, mm-hmm. the it ended up getting shut down so the company got shut down so i was like ah, i'm gonna go and do it again so i went and did it again i tried to be smart put things in other people's names I'm like yeah yeah you can hold that company for me and you can lock up that back and out <laughs> and then people stole everything <laughs> i was like oh yeah so i ended up sort of losing everything again but the thing is that the, the first time and this is One of the beauties I think about, and I was even looking at the carpool that you did, Dolphin Spirit, I think was the... Right,
1: the carpool was Dolphin
2: Spirit. Yeah, yeah. about the this and that and that duality. Because these dark chapters that closed out one book and moved into the next were actually some of the most beautiful things for me. Mm -hmm. And so if it wasn't for some of these challenging episodes, I wouldn't have had the metamorphosis that took me into the next level of my experience. I maybe would have said the same. right? Because I was an arrogant little torag, Colette. Like I, I, the (laughs) thing is, I hadn't really had like a hit, like there'd been bumps, but I hadn't really I had any hits. And so as like a teenager who's just like got the world at his feet and everything works out. And I mean, I was reading books like Think and Grow Rich and Psycho-Cybernetics and, uh, and all this as a teenager. And I was using this material yeah. to develop a mindset that gave me the capacity to manifest and create all of these things. But all of that power without the guidance, the direction, and the framework to hold it, right? And then you've got the arrogance of youth that we all had when we were young. right? But then when that's unfettered, because nobody can actually tell you what to do because you are the most successful person in the room, like it didn't create (laughs) the best combination of the best version of Dan baguette, let's say. But so when I get to the point now when I've lost everything the second time, I no longer have the space, to hold the delusion that I've got it all worked out and I know everything.
1: This, Yeah, because, had you known it, this would not have
2: happened. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> it would have happened. And so I'm looking at the, literally the broken pieces of, of that. And I realized in that moment, oh my gosh, this vision of myself and this identity built up around the guy who had it all worked out and worked out the secret code to the universe. Right. That's gone now and I have nothing left. And it left me in a space where I literally, I couldn't think of anything else I had to offer the world apart from not being here anymore. And that's what took Mm -hmm. me into that shadowy place. But here's where, again, the gifts come in, right? Because Mm -hmm. because of my autistic brain wiring, I literally don't have the capacity to go and make impulsive decisions. Like I'm just going to go and have a suicide attempt. I literally was like, hmm, everything has to be framed for me now I know like the way my brain works it's like okay okay so right we're going to commit suicide what's the way to do this okay right we need to (laughs) like looking at the options it's like no that's not going to work that's not going to work and I literally sat there and I said hmm I'm a bit of a loser at the moment things aren't really working out for me I need to make sure that I'm not a loser so that when I make my attempt this works out and this is the crazy thing I didn't go into the journey that brought me out of book two to book three and book four and where I am today, because I was trying to save myself, I actually went on that journey because I was actually trying to be successful in ending everything. Isn't that amazing? I know. know, It it, it sounds really crazy, right? But you can't spend the amount of time that I spent, literally, I, I learned to transliterate Hebrew and Arabic. I was going back over ancient texts. I was studying the life stories of successful people because I needed to understand Okay, everything had worked up to a point, but something had gone wrong somewhere. Is it because all of this is poppycock or because I've got it wrong and I need to understand it? And I became obsessed, completely obsessed with understanding it. This is around the time when The Secret came out. And so I was like dissecting that. Uh And this is when like The Power of Now came out and I started dissecting that. And more people started talking about the law of attraction. And and I've been in this game for half a decade plus already, maybe even closer to, to, to 10 years by now. And so I'm like bringing these pieces together because I'm coming more from the mental visualization, sort of literal using consciousness to create perspective. And now there's more of like the universal law thing coming into it. And then more of like the Hindu culture coming into it. I'm like putting these pieces together and I'm putting together this framework because I'm like, because I'm not going to fail. And the thing is, is that this is all like 2008, 2009. And the crazy thing is I wake up one morning in 2015, seven years later, and I realized I haven't thought about suicide in a very long time. Wow. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't set it out to do like, it. I, like, right like, it's like
1: wait
2: a sec wait, that wait was what happened i'm successful
1: again <laughs> and that's not my agenda
2: exactly i literally mm-hmm. i just got back from a trip to thailand with my cousins my business has been doing really well, really well at that point i had like one phone call in the whole time i was away i'm living in a beautiful place in, in north london i'm traveling to different parts of the world i'm doing it at a certain you know travel class i've got my tailor you know the watch collection started to build up again i'm like oh what happened here? And that's when I actually sat back and started backtracking. Now, all of the notes and all these notes and these ideas that i have been sort of using and putting together became what is now the book Stepping Beyond Intention. So that book takes you through the journey of the creation of the model and the steps and everything that that I went through to get there. But I realized, oh my goodness, I literally went off to do one thing, but I ended up here. And then the journey to understanding that has been what I've shared with people and what I get to do now in the world.
1: Oh, I love that through line because I think, well, first of all, I love that you talked about basically all of the the conceptual ideas of the law of attraction and then, you know, universal law and the fact that you studied ancient texts because this is not the first time this has been written about. This is, you know, but the idea that your base your humanity, like you can't manifest your humanity. that That's in you and you have to experience the mm-hmm. evolution. You can't just go like that and be, well, you can become a different person within reason, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can grow and evolve and, but you have to integrate the experiences. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that there is room, there has to be room for what we would perceive as failure. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, people come into this and, and there's this whole blame and shame around, you know, the concept of manifestation and it's very materialistic. And yes, you got all the material things, but until you actually integrated the you know the relationship and recognize that there is this sacred dynamic between you and the conscious universe this is something special right this is that we all have but it is why we're here and it's very little to do with all the material success it's to do with the evolution of you as a a spiritual being having a human experience and learning that suffering like pain will come suffering is optional exactly right and in terms of continuing to repeat the pain but um I think it's just really key that when people listen to your story, that's the thread that I got out of that. I'm like, wow, this is great. Cause it's human. Mm-hmm. It is human, like you the hubris of the teenager, <laughs> the hubris <laughs> of the early twenties. Like, you know,
2: like psst, yeah, yeah, I'm so was, hot. There was a lot you of that. know. There was a lot of that. <laughs>
1: there's a lot of that. And there's listen. There is nothing wrong with, with with amassing material things as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in this kind of a world that spirit chooses us to experience itself in the material world. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that is. Mm-hmm. But that can't be the main focus. Yes. So I think when, right, like you are figuring out how to end it and reading all these things, which everybody says in all of the ancient texts <laughs> that that's a big no-no.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> we don't do that, yeah. right? But we discover the humility Of that surrendering to this process, but still being part of it, that one step towards Mm, the gods and then 10 step towards us. Exactly. Right?
2: Exactly. exactly. And and the thing that I love as well is that so many people lose sight of the fact that when you do focus on the inner work, like two thirds of the game is in a game. Right? If you look at yeah. the ancients, and this is part of my, 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 my flow final framework that I talk about in the, the book and a lot of my work, this whole idea that everything that we experience in three dimensional physical reality is the byproduct of a movement or non movement through time and space. Think about it everything that shows up. But that movement or non movement through time and space or physical action, for the most part, is predicated by an unconscious pattern, habit, or belief that sits inside our unconscious. And that right. is predetermined to a certain degree. By the environment that that unconscious mind was cultivated in, hundred percent. And so, a lot of us go into this whole thing of trying to fight our current pattern of behavior, fight our current pattern of thought. When all we need to do is remember that we didn't wake up, and the, the moment in time when I really got so, my son's going to be three in a couple of months. And I remember coming back from the office when he was about eleven months old. I came back from the office, I walked through the door, and he looked at me. He started smiling, and he was waving. <laughs> and it hit me in that oh my moment. God, how cute. When did he learn to wave and who taught him the context of the wave? He can't speak yet. So nobody sat there and said, when someone comes through the door, you wave at them to to greet them. And I was like, he got that just by witnessing and observing that. And I also got this really Mm -hmm. deep compassion for the world around me as well, because how many people that have done something that annoys me or done something to hurt or harm me doing it because at some point they learned that just the way that my son learned to wave. Yes. And it just became a part of who they are. And so when we understand how much of our my environment, and I think it's the numbers are like 70% of those programs were done when we were completely unconscious anyway. Yeah. And so if we just took the time instead to focus on cultivating a relationship with our inner being, with our emotional resilience, with our internal emotional state, with our inner thoughts through the environment that's supporting it, then there's a top down trickle effect that happens wherein, hang on a minute, that emotion only leaves space for a certain pattern of thought. Hang on, that pattern of thought only leaves space for a certain pattern of behavior. Hang on a minute, that pattern of behavior only leaves space for a certain pattern of life. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was literally pummeling my mind, polluting it positively over the course of two or three years. That's all I was doing and so how can there be anything other than an inner emotional state, an inner mindset, and therefore a set of unconscious behaviors that matches that high vibration of, of input?
1: Uh, oh, I could, I could listen to you talk for hours. Um, no, no, no. And you would have had a lot of fun this past weekend, by the way, because we're so in alignment. I know Connie was saying, oh, my God, you and Deb are so in alignment, so in alignment. So I want to I want to talk about that because I, I you said so much and uh, I want to dissect it a little bit mm-hmm. for the listeners. So, because I think you know right now we have a lot of a comeuppance, if you will, in our society to see how you know basically social trauma has caused so many people to depending on where they stand in the whole spectrum Mm -hmm. of of the social order, if you will, Mm -hmm. that none of us asked for, it just kind of happened, right? So so it's like, do we spend our time against it or do we do what you said, which is to go within and cultivate something new? Because you have to recognize that I think we're all responsible right now to go to that place, every one of us, no matter where we stand on that board, if you will, to say, okay... These are my patterns, my ancestral patterns, and I'm like, okay, here are mine. So where is where is my responsibility to keep it clean, if you will, and not encroach on others? Because a lot of the behaviors, like my mom, for example, she was a Holocaust survivor, and uh, you know was raised in a Christian family, and uh, her father, who came to get her, who was French, he, he they her parents were not married actually, and he came to to rescue her to take her back to France. And the people who took her in told him she, she was dead. She was hiding in a closet. So, um, and the SS came and picked up the, the father who was a French resistance movement guy. Plus he was also, uh, a Jew, right? So he was killed in a concentration camp. Um, so my mom was traumatized, right? So her message was, "You, it is not safe to be yourself. Mm. So she came to Canada, raised us, we were Anglican, which is, you know, Catholic with no Pope because mm-hmm. of the pink King yeah. Henry VIII, yeah. you know what I mean? Good old King Henry. <laughs> yeah, go King Henry, right? <laughs> you know, and I love church. Oh my God, I loved it. And, uh, you know, and but it was like this whole thing. So there's this, I don't know that... I uh, that, But I see today, because I'm really conscious of my behavior, some of the things that were the limiting beliefs we talked about earlier about Shelley, who was on the show too. Mm-hmm. The idea that, oh, I'm completely unconscious when I respond uh, in a certain way. But if I can become conscious and aware and then mm-hmm. feed it a different like what you say. What did you call yourself? Polluting yeah. yourself with Posit- positive? Yeah, positive <laughs> polluting my, my voice. Positive. Yeah, yeah. And it's not about bypassing anything. No. It's about...
2: It's about curating the environment to support what you want to be. That's it.
1: As opposed to fight against the thing you don't and, want. And, to and here's the
2: thing, Kalit. To your point about not bypassing, you cannot actually definitively create a new holistic environment that hasn't addressed the healing and trauma that's there. Correct. You can't create a bypassed environment that's going to achieve this outcome. It's, it's not going to work. No,
1: it won't. You have to go through. Yeah. You can't
2: put, what's, what's the scripture? You can't put new wine in old caskets. I think that's the way that it goes. Something like that. New wine. You can't put new wine in old caskets. New, ca- wine. new no, wine. New wine. New yeah. wine in an old casket. No. Really, you
1: can't. Oh, that's cool. Well, I don't drink so much. <laughs>
2: so, so basically- I'm
1: thinking about that. So,
2: so this, but I know what you mean. But so this journey of creating that environment, like to your point, it's not saying oh, I'm happy and clappy. Here's my new environment. No, it's no. I desire right. to move through this trauma to create a new environment. This is a toxic relationship that I'm in. I'm going to create the space for me to be able to heal of the toxicity, to introduce new loving components into my environment so I can go and be in a healthy relationship right. going forward. That's not pretending that you don't have poor money management and that's the why that you're in, reason why you're in financial right. problems. It's... Let me take a pause from the environments that are supporting my poor money habits, go and learn about new money habits as I start to create a new money environment that's gonna give me a new money story and a new money experience. You know, so it's doing that together. Yeah,
1: you have to go through it. Yes. That's the thing I really got from reading your books too, which I, because I really do think the biggest issue with the original or new new thought, I mean, actually the new new thought, because the original new thought never told you to bypass, <laughs> right? Too, you know, back yeah. in the thirties or whatever, yeah. told you to go, go deep within, exactly. but that there was a greater consciousness. But I do think that that was part of the problem and why people would feel ashamed or they would feel like I can't change, I can't change because you're you what the minute you start to to move into this new place, it's like when you up level, there's a new devil. Yeah. There's like the old stuff is saying, you gotta pay attention to me because I'm still wounded and I I need your attention. So it's not like we stay in attention all the time. You know, it's acknowledging it. So half the battle is to acknowledge it. Like half the battle is like, ah, I see Mm -hmm. this in me. That
2: that witnessing. The
1: witness, right? It's like, this is true.
2: And to your point about the new thought and the new new thought just struck me just now. I think the reason why maybe I do differ from people in my sort of, I don't know, my era with this work because I wasn't raised on the new stuff. Like I was reading the ancient texts. I was reading like the Charles F. Harnell where you're actually doing diligent exercise. There was no shortcuts. There was no shortcuts yes. with the old guys. I was reading Florence no. Koffelshin. It's not shortcut, it's dedicated, yeah, right? diligent work. Yeah. You know, and um, Even books like um, The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace D. Wattles. Like there's no mythical thinking anywhere yeah. in those frameworks. They are very much put right? the work None in to become the person who has the capacity, mentally and emotionally, to move into the new state of being that's gonna give you the new outcomes. And it's maybe not as sexy as manifest this in 30 seconds, you know, that you see on right. on YouTube. But, you know, how many of... Because that's bullshit. How many people have seen that Let's be work? real. I don't know anybody that knows that's working. Because this the shortcut that they're trying to get there in five minutes is not where the game is won. The game is won in the trenches. I was even thinking about this today when I was driving along. It's like, I can't think of anybody that's achieved anything of any significance that hasn't gone through a journey to get to that point where they have some significance, yes. And yet people want to be famous overnight. They want to be successful overnight. They want to have yeah. health overnight. Oh, I want to get my six pack in three weeks. No, you need to go through the journey of like getting into the health. Oh, I want to find the love of my life today. Babe, you, you haven't dealt with your daddy issues. You haven't dealt with your mummy issues. Like <laughs> You're just going to take that toxicity into the next thing. But I think yeah, the, the, a big difference between the older schools and the newer schools, I think, is that thing of putting in the work and not looking for the instant gratification, but enjoying the journey. High five, babe! High I'm five. I'm the
1: old yes, school 100%. too. I'm <laughs> yeah. all about the old school, and I but I also know too that there is you know I also feel super compassionate for. The, I think you get there at some point when you realize that these new new forms. They, I mean, listen, I think sometimes you do get these instant oh, miracles yeah. that are just, that kind of, it's almost like, here's the crumb, keep, stay on the track, stay on track. Like, we'll give you yeah. a little, little gift, poof. you know, but then when you get the gift, you have to up-level to to yourself to, to to be able to hold the gift. Like you said, remember you talked about your- Getting the
2: gift and keeping the gift to two different things.
1: And being responsible to the gift. Exactly. Right? People want, they say they want, they say they want to be multimillionaires, but they don't realize that you have to now- do accounting and pay your taxes and be really responsible for that, and and be that person who knows how to manage all these things. It's it's like what are we making it mean? So I think now, I think now more than ever, your way of doing things is what we need. We need to hear that again. Here's what I did. I got all these instant things and it ran away. So now here's what I do, where it has mm-hmm. real metal. Like I am rooted. I root mm-hmm. down. Cause that's what you do. Root. You should the think your next person should be root down with Dan.
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that because the, the, the meditation that you shared with us about the tree that's going into the ancient tree, which I use a lot, by the way, that oh, crosses goody. over is having those roots that go into, not just into the soil, but to the depth of who you are, deep into spirit, deep into source, deep into connection, deep into commitment. That's where you get the strength and resilience to be able to deal with the storms, to deal with the the circumstances that come up in life.
1: Yeah, and and to trust too that it's like I, there's a book by John Kabat-Zinn called Full Catastrophe Living, right? It's, <laughs> he's, He teaches mindfulness, right? I love this, and I really think too you want to sign up to the full catastrophe. You don't want to just have some of it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I do think that we're all kind of like cats on a hot tin roof right now because every, I mean, I do think we've been indoctrinated into the idea that chaos is everywhere, we should be afraid and polarized mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which is to me that's I find that to be a fascinating distraction. (laughs) Like, why are we being distracted that way? Who is distracting us and why? Because Mm -hmm. this is not Mm -hmm. helpful to anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's go hang out with Dan! (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so true. And I love also what you said earlier about how, like, what we see in, like, the coaching industry is a lot of people, and I have clients like that too, who are are from corporate, that really feel called to serve, etc. So, you know mm-hmm. i i in my mastermind i have a, that is actually really great for the transition into something blah 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 that's what i see mm-hmm. but you know so there that's a very specific kind of coach person you know that's now sharing their epiphanies if you will from this structured environment i didn't i never came from that structured environment so i've i've always done my own thing. I've always, just because I had to. And so I understand too, that the sense of freedom that we get, because we do get a sense of liberation and freedom when we do the work Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, right? Yes, There is a liberation that becomes very real. And so where we come from, I think can serve best the people who need to know it's possible.
2: Mm -hmm. Like you said, the journey. The journey serves people, It shows them the possibility, also shows them the steps to take because we can gather so much wisdom from the trials of other people. The the, the, the challenges don't have to be your own if you're ready to to learn from other people, although you have to go into an integration, which may require you to assimilate circumstances that will demonstrate your integration. But generally speaking, there is so much that we can give people by just showing them the fullness of the experience that we've had.
1: Yeah. And that's what I love about your book. Cause you don't shy away from any of this. Like, I think that's the <laughs> other thing. Everybody just wants to say, Oh, this is so great manifest in 15 minutes. Uh-huh. But you're like, yeah. And here's what happened.
0: And then I failed
1: and then I fell on my face and then I had to get up again and I did it again. Only it was worse. And then on the other side of it, here I am now. And I think that's exactly. so important. You have, you have to give people permission for their humanity and for the fact that we're all going to fall down. I always call it the cha-cha, right? So mm-hmm. the cosmic cha-cha, you know, four <laughs> steps forward, five steps back, you know, 10 steps yeah. forward, two steps back, fall on your face, just shake yeah. your tail, right? Get back up, <laughs> you know, because that's what life is. We have to take a little break now. More with Dan Mangana when we return. And we're back with Daniel Mangana. Okay, Dan, my next question is, so I want to talk about, because one of the greatest things that you teach about is step beyond intention, Yeah. right? The concept of stepping beyond intention, because we mm-hmm. talk a lot about intention. Mm-hmm. First of all, tell me what you see is, you know, in the awareness work, what is an intention according to you? And then how do, what is the stepping beyond intention?
2: So for me, intentionality is, the conscious disruption of whatever pattern we're playing out okay so it could be i'm seeking to break the pattern of habituation in my romantic life in my health or in my finances because if left unattended i will continue the law of perpetual motion is going to keep playing out the same way right the unconscious is going to be like this is the script i'm playing it out right you can switch partners 20 times you're going to have the same person in a different state right You can switch diets, you can have the same outcome. You can switch jobs or businesses, you can have the same outcome. That's why people that win, just win, no matter where they go. People that have healthy relationships just have healthy relationships where they go. A person who's in alignment on health, it doesn't matter what fad diet or exercise routine, even if they're eating beans and chips every day, they're still going to have the same situation because they're aligned in that direction. As we said before, most of that comes from unconscious programming and so on and so forth. But when I say to myself, do you know what? No, enough is enough. I deserve love. I love myself enough to step into a situation that's more aligned with me being loved, cherished, adored, all of the things. I'm intending to create an experience where this is what I have. Now, right. the challenge, and this is why we have to move beyond intentions, <laughs> is that we're only conscious a portion of the time. I think the maths is 5 to 10% of the time we're conscious, the rest of it's unconscious. Yes. So during that time when we're conscious, we have to throw everything at creating and cementing and maintaining that alignment, which is where the environment kicks in. Because when my environment's supporting me, then over time, that unconscious behavior is going to step up. And so my beyond intention paradigm, for example, is how do I create that intentional disruption? How do I remain conscious enough Mm -hmm. to be able to catch myself coming off target so I can get back on target? And we've got frameworks for that. And then how do I start to shift what's going on at the deeper level So that I can maintain that journey so that Mm. I can move beyond needing to set intentions because my new trajectory, my new autopilot is what I actually want to create rather than what I feel I need to disrupt and move away
1: from. The new autopilot. I love that. I love what you talked about relationships. I remember too, I would have a series on and on and on and on. The same exact thing would happen to me. I would end up with a, you know, unfaithful sex <laughs> addict or a, a really charismatic hot guys who'd be like off and Now I'm, I'm happily married for 21 years now. So I can say these things. My husband
2: knows. Two of the amazing, amazing human. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I kissed a lot of frogs. What could I say? But until I found out that I was the one kissing the frogs. <laughs> Because I was always the one that was the victim. I was look what they mm-hmm. did to me, or they would like not be available. Like, you know, like there was like a whole list of things that everybody was identical, and I thought, hmm, but they were all different. <laughs> and then I one day woke up just like that.
2: Well, there you go.
1: I'm the common denominator. Oh boy. And then when that happens, right, then I my environment changed because I didn't date for a whole year. Went to therapy. I thought, that's it. Cleaning up, cleaning house because I wanted to get to the point where you got to, which is I love myself. So I want to create that alignment. Mm-hmm. And I know that's- right? That's something Mm -hmm. that you know, intimately, this is what needs to happen. And then it happens, but it doesn't happen because you say it's happening. It, it happens because you take the action and then you see, and then you take more action. Then you clean up more Then you, more action. Ooh, it's not totally clean yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Right. It's like this polishing and then you let it go, Mm -hmm. let it go, let it go. And then bam, one day there's that person like, Oh, how I met my husband. It's just amazing.
2: And the thing is, is that I think when people start to fall in love with the journey to falling in love with yourself. Yeah. Versus demanding that that relationship happens in a day. It's like nothing, and I really want whoever's listening to this, like I even feel teary saying this, anyone, whoever's listening to this, really just remember that nothing of value shows up instantly. And in those rare instances, much to your point about miracles that sharp. In those rare instances that we do see something of value up instantly, it didn't sharp; It was there all the time. My ability to see it showed up. Uh-huh. Gold takes, you know, it's, a, it's an element, right? It takes time. Diamonds take time mm-hmm. under pressure. But they have to be mined. We have to move away the dirt. We have to sometimes put our back into it. We sometimes have to negotiate terms for the land that we're going to go and do the thing from. But ultimately that work reveals something that was there all the time. But it took time for that thing to get to the place where it was ready for us. And we took time to get to that point of actually being ready to meet it. And when you fall in love with that journey, Mm -hmm. then you can start to see the dualism of life and be like, is that so? As Eckhart Tolle talks about in The New Earth, right? And then you can start to understand and fall into this whole thing of, oh, maybe I don't have to suffer through this pain, but understand that even as I grew, Right. I grew with pain. When I was there watching my son being born, Olga was screaming. And yet that screaming and that pain that she went through <laughs> wasn't about suffering. It was actually a signal yeah. that something beautiful was being birthed into this dimension. And when we can understand that, the game completely changes.
1: Yeah, right? It's like it's not it's not creating a life that's devoid of pain, because that's that, that's that's no. doesn't exist, right? Doesn't it's exist. about it's about being present to it, being and without trying to escape it, or to to face it, to be present to it, and then to see who we become as a result of it. I always think of that that um, about being broken open. I think it was Elizabeth Lesser's book, right? Is that
2: yeah? Oh my God! I would literally, I literally suggested oh, that book to my friends. Wasn't two that days a great ago. book? I love to sing. I love to sing- I, I love to sing- We the like
1: all the same movies. books. It's I know wild. you and I like all, the- I have all those books, like Florence Govelshin, the entire book. Like, yeah, I just picked it. Winning the Game of Life and then Wallace Waddles. I mean, yeah, all the old stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. was about, you know, letting yourself break open, you know, knowing that there are, you know, things that we've been indoctrinated in in through our environment, through what we inherit. We don't even realize we've inherited certain traits unconsciously, et cetera. But we want to disrupt the pattern so that, oh, I wonder, well, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what could happen next. You know, I wonder if if I could be with this and it doesn't happen overnight. And I think also surrendering the need for it to happen in any kind of time frame
2: and the the thing is is that spirit doesn't operate in human time spirit operates outside of time and space right and it's actually only human constructs that say that it has to take time and now i know it sounds like i'm going back on what i said before but ultimately we are here to experience time that's one of the reasons why we're here in this dimension and so time is a part of the game one of the things that spirit seeks to experience through us is the journey of time through the unique perspective that we have going on that journey But the second that we do let go of the need for it to happen in time by committing to the time that it has to happen, it gives spirit the opportunity to seamlessly bring it in at the perfect time for both our evolution, spirits witnessing and experiencing of three dimensional space through us and also our experience of what's going to come after it without the suffering that comes from resisting that.
1: Oh my God, this is such a great
2: conversation.
1: Yes. But I want to say, though, I want to punch a hole in the resistance, right? So because Mm -hmm. sometimes, like, you know, we build muscle through resistance, right, as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that resistance is necessary for Mm -hmm. us to see the resistance, right? You know, I think that it's great to have no resistance to everything, but I do think sometimes the resistance reminds us of some of the work that we still need to do, Um, right? hundred percent.
2: hundred percent. And again, Like for me, and this is kind of like this whole book four thing that's coming up now, which is kind of this work that I'm doing more with crossing over lucid dreaming and the nature of reality and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of where I'm, the realm I'm playing with right now. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole thing that ultimately resistance and non-resistance just are. Just are. They just are. And so instead of me trying to be resistant or non-resistant, it's like just being in this place of playful, curious being, almost like. If I was a curious, divine, omnipotent energy that was just seeking to experience everything, how would I seek to presently experience this moment? Oh, maybe I want to experience resistance right now. Okay, let's play the resistance game. Maybe I do want to play the whole thing of serial dating with handsome young men who are going to treat me a bit, whatever. Okay, let's see what that is. And when I take the judgment out of it and just allow it to be, and remember that ultimately, because of the nature of reality, every single conceivable variation of my experience is happening in another space of consciousness anyway. And I'm just having this one. I can be present to this one and just see what happens.
1: Right. I love that curiosity is a superpower. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that we teach people in Oracle school, right out of the, right out of the gate. It, we say, that's interesting is our motto. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Well, that's interesting. I wonder what this could be. If what what are we making it mean? What else could we make it mean? Right. The mm-hmm. idea, cause we're meaning makers and we're pattern seekers. I mean, that's exactly. so, and you talk about this in your book as well too. So let's segue into, cause I love this conversation about gratitude. The concept of gratitude, like you you, you talk about turning the concept of of gratitude on its head. Let's turn mm-hmm. it on its head.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think there's a lot more science to support this now, but for me, gratitude as an activity is a cheat code for reality. A cheat right? code. Okay. A tell cheat us. Code. Right. No, because ultimately reality follows expectation. And, and, and what I mean by that is Reality, which is what I experience with my senses, which doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily going to be the same thing that the other person sees because glass half full, glass half empty. Like we all have our different perspective on the reality. Yeah. So my reality is, you know, it's mine, it's subjective to me, right? So I am always going to see what my brain has pre framed that I'm going to see. Okay. Right. So because even if there's a different configuration of mm, atoms and energy waves collapse in front of me, my mind literally only has the capacity to see what fits the framework of what's in my mind, right? right? That's the whole thing of, you know, put a a political conversation on the table, right? And just see two people looking at exactly the same facts and having different narratives, right? It's it's exactly the same thing. So what if I was to cultivate an expectation that what I desire to experience is actually going to be there? How can I start to trigger the chemistry in my body to front-run that expectation, and one of the most powerful ways that's been consistently shown to been shown to do that in test after test, study after study, is being open. So the difference I say is being open to the possibility that it might happen, and grateful even for that possibility, and then playing in that realm of possibility until it starts to sit a bit more comfortably, and then the more comfortably it sits, the more I start to sit with developing a deeper certainty around it until I can actually just sit in there and say, do you know what? I'm just grateful for the opportunity to even have this intention. I'm grateful for the opportunity to even see some of those breadcrumbs showing up and diving more deeply into those little experiences that I can start to anchor them in my, in my three-dimensional reality until ultimately I get to the point where I, I can wake up seven years later, right, and be like, oh, isn't that interesting? This is the life I'm living now. And then I can step into appreciation and celebration for what's been while harnessing that gratitude in advance of what I am developing a certainty of showing up for me.
1: See, I love that. So the idea, for me, that's all about trust. Yes, 100%. So, um, and being grateful in advance. You know, the idea that thank you, and it's true, thank you for the breath. Thank you for the fact that I can even imagine this. Thank you for, thank you for things beyond my imagination. Because I always go, thy will be done through me. Uh, th- and sometimes thy will not mine be done, given that mm-hmm. I'm willful and often <laughs> right? You know, we might we yeah. have a very, very limited view of what's of possible, right? Because it's mm-hmm. the unknown that tells us what's 100%. possible. right? It's that's not what us. what yeah. we already know is that that's, yeah. So it's like being super grateful in advance and having that expectation that, wow, this is awesome. We have a great life the way it's meant to be you know it's like that this is true for me now and then it starts to be part of your body because when what happens to your physiology when you start to feel super grateful you relax
2: yeah everything shifts
1: and you get excited Mm -hmm. it's like i feel so good Mm -hmm. and nothing's changed but who cares it's changed (laughs) in me
2: and that and but that must precede what changes outside right because two-thirds of the game is in the game oh i love that
1: so how do you strike a balance between setting ambitious intentions and remaining grounded in reality? And what is reality? And maybe we should talk about what is the nature of reality because <laughs> oh I think that we would need be a- a- oh. good. Let's go down the rabbit hole on that
2: one. <laughs> oh well. I mean, here's the thing. So I I practice and I teach a system of cleaning my intentions. And, and what I mean by that is The ego is a gift that serves a purpose and has a role. But, like, even in our lives, there are people that come out of the role they're supposed to be playing to come and play another one, right? And if we don't have boundaries, then it will come and, you know, do the thing. Yeah. And so, like, when we have some of these intentions that have come from a space of ego, and I'm not saying that even in a negative way, I'm just saying from a place of ego.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It can sometimes start to fall into a bit of a disconnect from the heart and from the soul and from our connection to spirit, right? Our connection to the divine. And so the practice that I share with people is, let's just bring that intention into a space of divine connection and see what happens with it. Mm -hmm. Like, can it sit in the same space as my heart and still feel expansive? Like, how does it feel inside of me? And if it feels expansive and yummy, whether it's a Ferrari or building an orphanage in Kenya, right? Does it sit there? Because all of these experiences are valid. And this is one of the things I think is can be challenging when we start to really take this conversation to the nth degree about Mm -hmm. spirit seeking to have all experiences. Because spirit seeking to have all experiences is spirit seeking to have all experiences, right? But you know, that's a a very dangerous place to sit. And Uh yeah we can't But it makes it neutral.
1: It makes spirit neutral. exactly neutrality is something people can't get a quick grasp on that and i know that's true that's
2: because we as humans have our stories and we have our things that i need to fight you and we need to have this combat we need to have this separation but ultimately when i can bring an intention into my heart and see see what it does there does it Mm -hmm. put in those roots and start to grow or does it feel yeah like, I check, even, like, when I, like, I like watches and I do, like, I've, my friend Jerome's really got me into cars now. But, like, I'm, I'm a watch guy, right? I've got a <laughs> decent collection And it's, like, like, I set goals. It's, like, oh, when I hit this goal, you yeah, know, I've got to cheat myself with a little thing. And yeah. it's, like, I don't, I don't need any more watches. Collect, right. I've got, I, 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 I don't need any more. But I love them. But I still, when I <laughs> see one that I like, right, I ask myself, does my heart really desire to experience life with this watch, being a part of it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, oh no, actually, i oof, no, I didn't. Actually, it was just I, I'm good to just look at it, right? I don't need to to bring it into my experience. It's the same thing if we look at relationships. You can look at a person, or you can be around a person. You go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But bring that person <laughs> into your heart and see what happens. Mm. Sometimes you actually realize, oh, do you know what? I love this person, but it doesn't mean that I need to be in relationship with them or in right. deeper, intimate connection with them. Maybe and. It, just bringing any intention into your heart. yeah Something that you want to learn, something you want to do. It's like, where did that come from? Sometimes a program gets revealed. Sometimes a wound gets revealed. Sometimes like a, an old childhood trauma gets revealed. Yeah, Just bring it uh-huh. into your heart and see what happens. And that yeah. will start to create that differentiation between audacious goals and grounding and all the things. It's just that's a heart-connected, soul-approved, shall we say, uh, intention. And that's what that's the game I like to play.
1: Oh, I love that. So the nature of reality, I think too, is very subjective, right? Because that changed 100%. dramatically, it can change so much because you're seeing through a specific lens. I think that's what people have to remember too. When we talk about reality, it doesn't mean what we read in the news. Oh, that's our reality. No, that's a perception that's being sold to us because like panic sells. Yeah, like anything that's just extreme distortion sells, polarization mm-hmm. sells, right? <laughs> I mean, it just, it sells. It makes us look, you know, it's like we drive down the highway, we might be seeing the most gorgeous sunset and then there's a car on fire across the road on the other side we forget all about the sunset cuz like let's look over there like, <laughs> right so that one reality another reality so i think it's i love the way you invite people into experiencing this it's not like i love that you also brought up this could bring up a child of trauma for example mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and I, and i do think that trauma is a under explained overused term 100% uh, recently and Mm -hmm. only what what I mean by that is because there's real trauma with a big capital T and and then Mm -hmm. there's the thing, it's just because you didn't get your eyelash on your eyes, Not that's not a trauma,
0: okay, so, Mm -hmm. you know, but-
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But things that actually create, uh, uh, create behaviors, thought processes and identity issues where you don't feel safe in the world or you, you know what I mean? There's, those are traumas. And then, so what do you tell people? How do you invite them into that healing? Because I do think that, you know, the the collective trauma of, uh, you know, is actually a very useful conversation now for us to remember, oh, that this is going on so that we don't, cringe and run away or make it our identity because we're in process mm-hmm. with that tell me how you manage that
2: so my my whole thing is yeah i'm really heavily influenced by the quantum model because that perspective yeah. was where i really cut my teeth in terms of the conceptualization of manifestation right before yeah. manifestation was even the word it was you know conscious creation
1: yeah and, and, i still and the thing use that- conscious creation
2: Yeah, we're old school, right? It's like... Yeah,
1: we're old school. Co-creation. Back in the the day, it was
2: (laughs) co-creation. Well,
1: it is again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But um, it's like every conceivable variation of this moment is happening and not happening in this moment, here and not here at the same time. And the second that we can just really get that, and it sounds simple, But it means that I can't get anything wrong. I can't get anything right. I can only get this moment. And I can be fully present to source experiencing this moment through me. Or I can be distracted and miss the moment. And then I've missed the gift of actually being able to be in this witnessing experience with the divine.
1: Mm -hmm. And that
2: experience may be me reliving a trauma. And having to go through the game of that. And then maybe going through the game of choosing what I'm going to do with that. Because guess what? Whether I do or don't in this level of consciousness, there's another replicant experience of me that's taking every other conceivable variation of that moment. So I don't have to fuss and worry about those. I get to be present and bring into the heart what I want to do from this space of consciousness and that's the game that I play
1: I love that you call it a game that's one of the things that I loved about Florence Govelshin that you mentioned earlier because she calls yeah. the game winning the yeah. game of life and how to mm-hmm. play it but uh, I love the gamified version of this you know because I, I often think and I know that people are going to think I'm a little cuckoo right now but sometimes I think we're like a board game or like sometimes I've seen this fuzzy quality uh, that I'm like are we for real or are we like in a in a <laughs> <you know? laughs>
2: well there's evidence to support that we are in a holographic universe right, and in fact holographic... I remember I would. I would Oh my god! Right, I was I was in I was in Damanhur Damanhur last July. Oh, you were, but like there was this whole thing of the fact that we're like, if you look at how they're creating the, the metaverses mm-hmm. and the AI and all of the virtual realities, they're modelled right on this, right? But it's a different density, and even if you look at this whole thing of them putting artificial intelligence in Sims, right? Like those guys aren't gonna know that they're not real and when you start to look at like the work of michael is it michael newton that wrote the journey between lives destiny of souls journey of souls, journey and destiny, of of souls, souls. destiny of souls and, and then the holographic
1: universe is michael talbot
2: Mark talbot that's the one
1: yeah and yeah and
2: he's he's done i mean newton spoke to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people under hypnotic trance and had common stories about this completely different layer of reality that we return to just like if we were taking the headset off and coming out of a virtual reality and I, to me, it's just like, I kind of really, I kind of fox with that yeah. thing. And again, this is part and parcel of what I'm experimenting with at the moment, what I'm exploring and investigating. It may be a book, it may be another documentary, I'm not really sure. But I'm really, I'm really fascinated with this whole idea of what reality actually is. Actually is, yeah. That we can actually put our finger on. And is it everything and nothing? Is it nothing and everything? Who knows?
1: And I think also it's, it's really important that we consider... Um, you know, the concept of judgment, to take it and relieve ourselves of judgment. I always like, there's a prayer I always say, relieve me of the bondage of self so that I may better do thy will, right? The bondage of Mm -hmm. self is all about judgment and polarization and separation, et cetera. So if I am just to be present to everything, because sometimes we get taken hostage by ourselves, right? So the idea to be able to see through that lens of just pure potential and possibility makes so much sense to me. Um, But then we fall asleep. It's like that spiritual narcolepsy. We just, oh, here we are Mm -hmm. in a little, nope, that's the reality is very (laughs) narrow. But I have had crazy experiences where I've seen this vastness of potentiality. And that's without any drugs, without anything, because, you know, I can't, take drugs mm-hmm. or alcohol because i did too many when i was young <laughs> we can't
2: you've had your fair I share had my, more you than had my
1: share, share. yes <laughs> indeedy duty um yeah but i would never even just through breath work i can be i can step into that i can't stay there because i think the other thing is is that we're not created the way our our senses are made the five senses the way we consciously see the world you know it there's a kind of like a we're, we're, we're limited. But then when we get into that unlimited space, it's like, wait a second. <laughs> Look at how much else there is here. Like, wait a minute. And it's, I've seen it. I've actually seen how everything is this grainy quality of light that it's so expansive. It's so much bigger than us. But then we, mm. whoop! Back into the body going, no, 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 no. That's a hallucination. That's not true. But it is. Yeah.
0: Because
1: reality is made mm-hmm. not from where we think it's made. And maybe one day in our lifetime we'll be able to actually have a conversation and know for sure what we're talking
2: about. <laughs> but the thing, and, and this is and this is another thing like with the whole game, the game thing, Khalid, because it's like there are some things we're not gonna know until we popped our clocks yeah. and actually left this realm of addition. Yeah. There's yeah. just some things we will not there's a whole conversation now about near-death experiences. Are they just, you know, uh, hallucination trips? Like, I don't know. But guess what? Does it matter? No, that's the thing. Does it matter? I don't know. It uh, does it. And that's why it's like. It's just interesting. A, it's a game. And that's the thing. It's interesting. Oh, oh, isn't that interesting? Versus, no, this is the rock on which I will die. And all of you who do not agree with it will die before me. Like it's, Or it could be like, this is a potential thing. I agree that this may be the potential thing that's likely to happen. What do you think? Oh, that! Oh, wow! Isn't it amazing that both of our ideas can exist in the same space without either one of us dying? Right. Right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. and that is, and we're yeah. actually seeing evidence of that. If we were to instead of taking the judgment. You know, taking the judgment away, like when, for example, when I say, oh, there's polarization, I have a judgment about that, right? I'm saying, oh, that's Mm -hmm. bad. Like, right? It's like, why can't we all Mm -hmm. get along? Right? So, you know, so taking that completely thing away, going like, well, that's very interesting. You know, there are people with the exact same information making completely different choices and seeing things from a completely different perspective and yet we're we're coexisting in the same space at least we think we are exactly but it's so fascinating Fa- anyway we mm-hmm. could talk for five more hours but we can't <laughs> we actually cannot we cannot so i do want to say one thing one of my favorite things that you say is that people are already the miracle they seek
2: mm-hmm. so
1: just give me a couple sentences on that and then we're going to pull mm-hmm. a card together
2: okay okay so my whole a big part of my philosophy of life is that if we look at the concept of omnipresence and omnipotence and omniscience, there's no space for reduction within those frames. So if we claim that God, the divine source of the universe, is omnipresent, as in everywhere at all times, and omnipotent, that there's nothing you can't do, and omniscient, all-knowing, that means that there is no part in the limitless expanse of the universe that the divine is not, which means every single cell of you is also an expression of the divine And when we actually hold the truth of that, then how can there be a miracle that exists anywhere in this universe that we're not in this moment? I love that.
1: Oh my gosh. That's just i like I'm gonna play that over and over again, just listening to you say that. Oh no, I could actually just call you at home. That doesn't matter. All right, so let's pull a card together. We are gonna pull a card together yes. to see if there's anything else the Wooniverse wants us to talk about.
2: And my favorite deck. I'm obsessed I'm obsessed with this deck, Colette. Like it, I take oh, it with me everywhere. So happy. It's the one I travel with. It's my travel. Oh, deck.
1: you travel with the Dreamweaver deck?
2: I travel oh, with I the Dreamweaver. I love that. Deck. Yeah, I, love I love that.
1: It. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an app soon, too. Um, I'll let you know when that's going to be on the phone. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's, I know the art, Joel Nakamura oh, is just the most extraordinary artist. Isn't he amazing? We we have mm. all his art. We we bought the entire collection. Um, and it's my whole house is this deck. I mean, everywhere I look is this card, which is great because I get a different mm-hmm. reading depending on what wall I'm on. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pull a card and say, like, what else should we talk about that we know this audience is? listening to us today really needs to hear. When the storm spirits play.
2: Oh, I love that one.
1: So, uh, you know, when the storm spirits play is really about, I'll just say in a nutshell, being the eye of the storm to allow, allow the chaos, just allow it to be true instead of fighting against it. How does it appeal to you?
2: I think for me, the thing that comes up, this is something that's been a common thread in my life. It's that every time that things start to and anyone who reads the book will see that I'm not one of these people that pretends I've got all my crap together, that I've got all the answers. No, I'm going on a journey. I'm a human, right? And any one of those times when it kicks off or this happens or that happens, like I just take a moment and remember, hang on a minute. Stuff has happened before and I'm still here. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like things have gone not according to plan before and I'm still here. What would happen if I sat with that truth? Mm. instead of falling into the stories that emerge from maybe this being the time that it doesn't all stay here or whatever and for me that is the eye of the storm it's that peaceful place amidst the chaos the safe space is in the midst of it present to it not trying to run away from it or trying to run through it
1: or try to make the world behave and then you decide i'll i'll get there when the world behaves (laughs) Uh. We're going to take a little break now, and when we come back, we are going to switch gears and enter into another dimension of the Wooniverse, the tea time after party. So please stay with us. We're going to be right back. Thanks for joining us today, and welcome back. With us today is personal development thought leader, broadcaster, best-selling author, and coach, Daniel Mengena. This has been such a great conversation, but we're going to switch gears and travel into another dimension of the universe. And it's called the Tea Time After Party, a place where we kick up the fun just one more notch. And joining us now is my fantastic <laughs> executive producer, Connie Deletti. Connie, 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 wild, Connie, 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 a conversation. Right? Oh, my. we should have yeah, done this right. for two like, hours. I think everybody. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to end, but yeah. we have a. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, looking at the clock, like, no, don't end it. But I understand. You have a life to live, Dan. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Connie, you start with a question.
2: Okay, Dan, if you could be wildly successful
1: mm-hmm. in any other profession,
2: mm-hmm. which one would you choose? Comedy. Tom.
1: Ooh, oh yes, that's interesting. <laughs> you are You'd pretty great. funny. Yeah, <laughs> you're very funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> get that Netflix special. Yeah. Going, well, I you think. may. You yeah. still
1: might do it. Maybe you should. Maybe. Be, <laughs> yeah. Well. I love it. Okay. If you could be any supernatural creature, what would you mm. be and why?
2: Pegasus. Uh, why? They get to Pegasus. fly. <laughs> they fly. Yes and they get to uh, run they're like uh, super uh, fast uh, on yes. the ground but also in the sky Pegasus. and you're a horse I want it to be a dragon but people are always trying to kill the dragons but I think it'd be pretty dope to breathe fire yeah, like, I don't want to get yeah, yeah that's but right nobody would them.
1: try to kill Pegasus no, no. it's like hey no. Pegasus
2: do and how yeah, about if you right. also breathe fire as Pegasus that could be okay a fire breathing Pegasus, Pegasus would be like really? thing. <laughs> yeah. can I Let's change my answer
1: yes you can change your
2: answer fire breathing Pegasus boom
1: mic drop poof
2: which would you rather have a pause button on life or a rewind button neither
1: oh the first person that's ever said that Awesome. we have waited for someone to say neither the whole
2: time i don't want to rewind like i've already lived those moments i'm present to the new ones i don't want to pause because i want to see what (laughs) happens next love it yeah love it If you could live inside of a sitcom or a television show movie, what would you choose? This is a good one. (laughs) The OA. Oh, I Did loved a-
1: that. Oh, The OA. Wow. That was such a great show. Nice choice.
2: Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I, see I, that like one that coming. Way. Wow.
1: But only was, in yeah. the fir- Yeah, because you know what? It, it went a little weird at the end. Right? Yeah,
2: it went a little weird at the end. But st- yeah, the thing with the octopus, I didn't really get. But um, <laughs> I was like, okay. It's
1: the hard left. But being the original yeah. angel. But the original you know, being
2: able to do the thing where they could do the thing right and the dance, dance. and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. yeah. I know yeah. Ooh, I wow. love that great very choice very good yeah, great choice
1: uh, if you could have a magic power what would it be and what would you use it for
2: magic power so my favorite superhero from comic lore was always Ozymandias from the um, from the Watchmen series he was the Fastest, strongest, smartest man on earth. Okay. And the reason why I loved it is because the superness was actually reaching the full potential of what he could be as a human, rather than the need to have something extra. Oh. And so I feel that would allow me to fully experience the potential of the human experience, which for me is like a soul-calling to actually do. So that's what I would do.
1: I think you'll end up to be that Frankly, (laughs) (laughs) and then you're going to teach us, normal (laughs) people, how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I want that too.
2: So, if you were to create a magical potion for society to take, Mm. what would the potion do for them? It would allow us, I feel, to remember that the separations that exist between us are completely illusionary. So not even to change your experience of life, but to have your experience of life, remembering that this person that I'm planning to slap is really just me, right? This person that I want to treat with disrespect and outside of a place of love is really just me, or is the divine in form, right? This person that I want to steal value from instead of pouring into is just me, or the divine in form. If we could just have that, I think so much would change if we came at reality really understanding that all of these stories of separation are just stories.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, I want that potion too. So far, Dan, we're signing up to whatever you do. That's just the way it is, right? Like That's it. That's That's it. it. We're We're coming with Dan. Okay. That's it. Oh, my gosh. We're we're ending our... fabulous conversation uh, with some silliness, but I do want to thank you. This has been one of the best conversations I've had here on the podcast, Dan. I really had fun. But anyway, for all you listeners here to learn more about Dan, the work he does, his books and podcasts, head right on over to dreamwithdan.com and as always for a summary, quotes, links and a transcripts of this conversation, visit us on our show notes page by clicking the link in this episode's description by heading on over to itwpodcast.com Ah, I love you, Dan. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Love you too. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. What an incredible conversation with Dan Mangena. and what did we learn today I mean, I learned about a thousand things today that I needed underlined, but I think what I really genuinely got was that intention just isn't enough, that action and alignment are two things that are so, so important when we set our intentions to have an experience of life and to recognize that life is not going to be devoid of pain or failure, that that's all part of it. And uh, Dan's story and everything that he shared with us and showed how we can overcome those things but we don't have to bypass them or pretend they don't exist. I think that's really important for everybody to hear. We're human beings, not human doings. Um, And to, you know, set intentions to experience life in the material world, it's not all about that. It's about the inner world first and the outer world then reflects that. So I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening. We know that there are millions of shows in the podcast verse, and you have decided to tune in here with us. And this episode marks the end of our third season of Inside the Universe. And after this episode, we're going to be doing something we actually have never done in 87 weeks, which is we need to take a hiatus. That's right. We're going to take a little break from the universe to stretch our legs, our minds, and our creative muscles. So in the meantime, I hope you continue to enjoy our podcast and maybe even listen to some episodes you might have missed along the way. There are some good ones. You can always find me and learn about what I'm up to at ColetteBaronReed.com. And of course, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Now, if you really miss me, remember, I just kicked off another year of Oracle School, and I go live twice a month in my Oracle Circle membership community at cbrlove.com. I want to say a special thank you to Connie Deletti. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Connie was my producer on my television show, Messages from Spirit. How many years ago was that? Oh my God, 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. 10 years ago. And we made friends and stayed friends and Connie has been in and out of my world. Uh, you know, and we always have a blast and she is the best at what she does no matter what she sets her mind to do. And I am just been so honored and privileged to have her as my executive producer on Inside the Universe and I love her so much and I want y'all to know how much I love her <laughs> And of course, a shout out to Julie Fink as well, too, behind the scenes. She's done a fantastic job at editing and you guys don't get to meet her, but she's a complete hoot. And we really have had the best time ever. So our little hiatus right now, we all we all need it. We're all fried. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just want to say thank you again for listening. Again, love you, Connie. Love you, Julie. Love everybody behind the scenes that have worked on Inside the Wooniverse. And of course, all of you listeners. I love you lots. Until next time. I'm Colette Barron-Reed. Be well. Time to share the way we love. Become the ones we're dreaming of.
0: Inside the Universe is a production of Universal Network Studios. A special thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuy, Executive producer, Connie Deletti, story editor, Julie Fink, and audio post-production by Lonnie Carmichael. Original theme music written and performed by Michael Seifert at Summa Recording. Original music, Truth Begins, is by Colette baron reed and Eric Ross. And all other music is courtesy of APM Music. Keep up to date on episode releases, giveaways, and special offers by signing up for Colette's newsletter at itwpodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Thank you again for listening. And we hope you join us next time for another episode of Inside the Universe, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine.